Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to the Book of Alicia, where we talk about womanhood, motherhood, wifeyhood, and everything in between. I may not know everything, but I know some things, so we're going to talk about some things, okay? I am your host, Alicia, and I'm ready to dive into some things today. But first, let me start off by sharing with you ways you can connect with me on social media. You can follow me at the Book of Alicia on Instagram, as well as like my Facebook page, The Book of Alicia. You can also follow me on my blog at www.aliciashavon.com. That's www.aleshashevon.com, where you're able to get a glimpse of my life and thoughts, as well as purchase books I've authored and shirts I have available online. So are you guys ready for this episode? Let's get it in. Okay, you guys, so for the next several weeks, I'm going to be sharing with you conversations with awesome women of purpose. I was honored to have interviewed 21 of the 28 authors who were part of the 28-day devotional, The Purpose in My Pain, with a visionary author, Dr. Tamiko Hall. So I'm going to be doing something a little different for the next few episodes. I will share not one, but two conversations with the ladies of the devotional. So yes, you will be getting the pleasure of getting two interviews in one episode on the podcast. So stick around, y'all. Let's get it in. Okay, you guys, so I have the last episode for you for Discovering the Purpose in Your Pain series. So up first, I have Deesha Henfield, who's going to talk about the purpose in her pain as it pertains to forgiveness. Let's get it in, y'all. So it's Alicia from the book of Alicia, and I am continuing discovering the purpose in your pain with the authors who are part of that um, anthology slash devotional. And today I have Disha Henfield, who's going to talk about her story and her part in the anthology. So I'll have her go ahead and introduce herself to you all and share what she wants to share with you and kind of connect with you all. I mean, um, show ways you can can't talk. show ways you can connect with her if you want to support her and getting a copy of the book and following her on social media. So go ahead, Disha, introduce yourself to the audience and tell them a little bit about yourself. Um, my name is Disha Henfield and I am a poet. I'm first, I'm a poet, I'm an author, um, I'm a veteran and I'm a woman. And so that's the main things to know about me. Um, Am I going to speak about the book as well or just tell them about myself? Both, whatever um, you want to, if you want to go into talking about the book, you can go right ahead. Oh, okay. Um, so I joined the collective, <laughs> the other 28 women for the book, The Purpose in My Pain. A friend of mine actually tagged me in a post and said, I think you might be interested in this. So I reached out to the visionary author, Tamika Hall and let her know that I was interested. She sent me all the particulars and I began to write my story. The thing is when I started writing my story, that's not the story that's in the book. (laughs) So um, God had another purpose and a plan for me. I ended up writing about forgiveness inside of the purpose in my pain. And originally that was not what I was gonna talk about but I believe it's the message that God has for people. And my chapter is probably the smallest one in the book. I had expounded so much, but then I cut it back thinking it was too much. And, you know, I, I could have kept the rest, but in hindsight, I realized that 
It's not about the quantity that was written. It's the quality within it. And so I believe that what God wants for people to get out of it, they will get out of it. Um, so I talked about, and I only talked about three particular things in, in my forgiveness section. There was so much more that I could have talked about in here, but I talked about forgiving my ex-husband. I talked about forgiving my mother. And I talked about, I am a victim of um, MST, which is military sexual trauma. And so I talked about forgiving the pe those people and what that did for me and how forgiving them actually, it was healing for me. It wasn't really about them. So if, if they never said nothing else to me in life, I never walked into them or saw them again, excluding my mom, because I love my mom and she's still around. <laughs> but outside of that, how that helped me and how I've been able to heal from that and, and how forgiving people helps you to be free. It frees you to do other things in your life and not harbor that baggage. There, there's a song about, you know, all these bags. I think Erica Badu or somebody wrote that. And now I didn't want to be a bag lady. Bag lady, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't want to be a bag lady anymore. So I decided to let down the, those three bags by speaking about it in the book. What do you think it is that makes it difficult for people to forgive or yeah, to forgive other people? I think that we get comfortable in our pain. Mm. I will say as far as the MST portion of that, it really, in the beginning, it really wasn't about, no, nothing about the forgiveness part because I blocked it out. So for years, it was in my sub, I put it in the back of my mind in order for me to be able to live that life that God promised me, that good life. You know, I can't sit in that because I was in darkness. With, depression is what I call darkness. And I was a functional depressed person. So nobody, from the outside, I, you would never know. But when I got alone, I was truly alone, even if there were other people around. So I sat in that darkness. And so I think it's so hard for, um, or it gets comfortable for us to sit in the pain so much that we're not thinking about forgiving nobody. It's more comfortable there. It's easier for me to dislike you. It's easier for me to hate you. It's easier for me to call you names and to blame you for everything than to say, I release you, I forgive you. I'm going to move forward and you can feel free to do the same. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I feel like a lot of times people feel like by holding on to stuff like that, it, well, it, it can be easier to be like, blame the person, blame the situation. And you're doing that in hopes that they're going to feel some type of pain. But a lot of the times you're the one that's, they going about their day. They ain't even thinking about anything that you're thinking about or holding on to. And you're the one that's kind of um, dying, really, you know, you're dying on the inside because you're hoping that something happens to them or you're hoping that they feel your pain or, or stuff like that. And they, most times they going going about their day, going about, um, going about their daily lives. But, um, how did you come to a place where you knew in your heart, like, I have to forgive, like, this is something I need to do. Well, forgiveness was a process. It didn't come easy. It came through in reality. It came through years of tears years of blaming myself for the things that happened to me in my life. 
years of feeling unworthy, as if I didn't matter, and nobody actually cared so much, one way or the other. And so it took some spiritual praying, it took some praying, a lot of praying, um, spiritual guidance from pastors, and also actual therapy from a therapist. You know, you got to get some of that therapy from the Lord and some of that therapy from the therapist that the Lord has placed in your life. You know, I find that in the Black community, a lot of people don't want to talk about mental health. You know, it's a stigma attached to mental health. Oh, I see a therapist. Oh, you crazy then. And, and, and we need to break that. We need to break that stigma. We need to know that speaking to someone else about your situations and about your pain can actually help to heal you. It can be the catalyst to your healing, to the wholeness that you desire in life. You know, God doesn't want us to be broken. That's not his plan for us. His plan is for us to prosper, you know, and to bring people to his kingdom. And we can't do that as a bunch of broken people. Now, I'm not saying he can't use broken people because he does. He did it in the Bible and he continues to do it today. But um, I, I think that in all of that, I, I decided that forgiveness was needed because I no longer wanted to sit in darkness and I no longer wanted to sit in pain. And I wanted to live a good life. I wanted to have joy. And I can't, you can't have true joy if you're, if you're harboring um, animosity towards somebody. You know, you, you can't truly have real joy in your life. And, and I really wanted to begin to walk in joy and walk in favor. And in order to do that, I had to forgive some things. I had to take some things off. And I think the hardest one for me, is, I'm, I'm not going to say the hardest because they're all kind of hard. But I, I'll say with my mom, it was different because it took me to become an adult, to live and go through things, to realize that she's in her own pain. She's having her own struggles with forgiveness because she continues to live in the past. And that's where all the pain is at in the past because you're holding on to that. And so in, in going through my own process, really with her was the start. And that's how, as I forgave her, then I realized I could forgive other people for other things. And so that's how, it, it, it wasn't, it wasn't, no, it's not a quick step. It's not like, oh, I'm going to think about something. Oh, I'm going to forgive them and I'm okay. It's not going to be that. So I don't want people to think that, okay, she wrote something. I think it's that simple, I yeah. Here and I'm going to be able to go forgive everybody that ever hurt me because that's not what's going to happen. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and and sometimes you say, oh, I forgive. And then the memory come back and all of a sudden you get mad again. Well, you know what? I'm I'm healed from that because those memories come back and I don't have that same angst. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 No, you were saying something um about how you wanted to have peace, you wanted to have joy. Why do you think that um well yeah, why do you think that um, harboring those robs you of that? Like, give me an example of the things that being unforgiving robs you of. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Well, yeah. Being unforgiving, what it does is it, it plants a seed into your brain. It plants, it plants a seed within you. And so you can be triggered by something that might not be that particular person. Yeah. But somebody's going to do something that person did yeah. Now you're back all the way in the hurt space. Yep. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Now all those feelings and emotions, all that came up, they grabbed a hold of you. Mm 
And that's because you never dealt with it. And a lot of our traumas come from that childhood trauma. Yeah. We don't acknowledge it because we made it through. We figured we made it. Okay, I made it 18. I got out that house. Or I made it. I'm done with that abusive relationship. I'm outside of that. But no, you have residual scars that did not heal properly. You know, you might want to get them cut back open a little bit and stitch up properly so they'll heal properly. That's what some people need. And so I think that um, in that is where I decided I didn't want the scars no more. I wanted to make sure that I was able to heal properly. And then, and when you're able to do that, that's when, oh my God, you breathe different. You breathe different. And so that's what happened with me. I got tired of needing a, a CPAP machine that's when I go to sleep at night. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not breathing properly. Yeah. yeah, I know you were saying something too about how um, the stigma in the Black community of yeah. not wanting to get mental health and stuff like that. And I think a lot of us are functional, depre- functional, um, de- functionally j- depressed. There you go. Because we feel like we can't tell nobody or if we say, like you say, if you say you're going to therapy, oh, you crazy or you don't need no therapist. That's for crazy folks. And a lot of us walk around thinking that depression depression is a normal way of being or a normal way to live because we function in it for so long, being afraid to actually ask for help. And I definitely agree that we need to get out of that stigma, get out of that um, that idea that only crazy people see therapists and all this type of stuff that you know that we say because it's not okay to walk around trying to function in your depression, in your anxiety and whatever it is that you're experiencing, it's not okay because eventually you're going to spill on somebody or you're going to um, explode, you know, like you have all that stuff bottled up in, in you, not addressing it. Something's bound to happen. That ain't something that you want to happen. So yeah, I definitely agree with, we need to get out of, out of that, that stigma. What is it that made you want to say, okay, I, I want to get hope and not worry about the thoughts or consequence, or not necessarily consequence, but the thoughts of other people? Well, I, I decided that I wanted more. And I have children. My children are adults now. Uh-huh. But, you know, and, and, and I raised them depressed. <laughs> mm. You know? Yeah. They didn't know what ha- what I did when I went in my room. They didn't yeah. know how I felt like, oh, I can't take this no more. I don't want to live no more. You see yeah. what I'm saying? They yeah. didn't know that. But they were my reason for living. God gave me what I needed. He gave me those children because I had to focus on raising my kids and I could not just leave this earth and leave them here, you know? And so, but what, it, what, what the catalyst in my life was when my daughter went to college. My daughter um, went, went away to college and in that time, then I was by myself. See, it's different when you're left to your own devices and you're left by yourself and now you're in your head and now things that I repressed are resurfacing so I I had to go and get help from a therapist and so at that time when I began to peel back the layers peel back the layers and deal with the things in my life because I in reality I lived 30 years in what I would say the darkness no one would know that I was depressed. 
for dealing with that. But I always tell us, like when I speak, do speaking engagements, and I say, yeah, I would get up in the morning, get dressed, put on my clothes and put on my mask. You know, my daily mask. Okay, uh, mm-hmm. hey, it's all good. I'm great. You know, mm-hmm. I'm popping out here. But in reality, when I get home, unlock my door and shut the door, mask come off, tears yeah. begin to fall. I'm, I'm in the corner. You see what I'm saying? And so I, I believe the catalyst for me was when my daughter went away to college and I had to deal with myself. Because in all them years, my full, my full focus was my children. And, and then when she, when she left and I was here by myself, I began to go through the emotions of being alone and, and all of the memories that began to come back. And, and I said, I can't do this. But I, this, this ain't gonna work because I began to not be able to function. I was functioning in it before. Well, now I'm not functioning in it too well. And as I began to talk, and it, of course, and, and it takes a minute to get comfortable with a therapist. Um, and I also want to say for anybody that watches this, the first therapist don't always be the right therapist. Find the therapist that's right for you. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. and, that, and, and that's what made me do it because I began to open up some doors. I began to shake out some closets and clean out some stuff that had been piled up for years. And in that, as I began to do that, I also... Fully, I'm fully engaged in church, and so I go to non-denominational church, you know, and it's about being closer to God, you know. It's not all the religiosity in it, and as I began to to commune with Him more, speak to Him more, ask Him more to to come into me and and clear out some stuff and help me to to heal myself and do whatever needs to be done in this space, and that's how and that's what I what did. It took a long time. I'll, I'll be honest, it wasn't easy, you know, and I'm just grateful that, you know, I'm free. <laughs> you know, I can say, you know, I'm in a different headspace. I'm, 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 I have joy and, and, and I, that's what I want to give to people. And that's what I want people to see. And that's what I want people to get, you know, that on the other side of that pain, on the other side of that depression, on the other side of that hurt, on the other side of that childhood trauma, there is joy, and, and that's what God wants us to have. You know, we just gotta do the work. We just gotta do the work. Yeah, and that's what I was gonna ask you too. What What is it that you had wanted people to get from um, reading your chapter or, or doing your devotion? Because I know, from my understanding, everyone also had a devotional or had to do like a little. Yeah. yeah so, what did you want for people to gain yeah. uh, from reading about forgiveness in your chapter? Um, I want people to see that. Today is not tomorrow. That, you know, if you choose to deal with your traumas, and I mean really dig deep into that and deal with them, you can you will find peace, you will find joy, and you should begin to forgive people. It's not always easy. And the biggest thing that I say in this chapter is forgiveness is not for them. Forgiveness is for you. Forgiveness is to free you of the baggage that holds you down, to break the chains that hold you down. You know what I'm saying? Because that's how people hold on to you. They, they, they make you angry. Your piles on in, some more piles on there, some more piles on there. You know, you ever seen the, the little jug where they put the pebbles in and then they put the sand in and then they put the water in? You see what I'm saying? And so, and that's what life does to you. And, and so we got to learn how to combat that. So I hope that by reading 
what I wrote on for, my chapter on forgiveness, I hope that it will begin to have people begin to think about some areas in their lives where they're holding on to things, some areas in their lives where they can let go of some things and begin to just speak it. One of the things in my chapters I do, I my chapter is titled I Am. That's the, that's the title of the chapter, I Am. Right. And so, because I want people to, when they read it to, to, to become, to get encouraged. Yeah. You know, you are, you are what God says you are. Yeah. You are not what your mother may have said, what your father may have said, what that man said, what this world says. That's not who you are. You are so much greater than that. You're so much bigger than that. And I hope that they get that out the chapter and anything that I write afterwards. Cause I, I like, I, I probably will expound on that at some point in a, a, a larger platform as far as a larger book you know what I mean I think the stuff in this book gives them a glimpse yeah to it and and if the Lord decides that that's what he wants me to do is expound on that in some way then I hope that I'm able to help somebody walk the steps of forgiveness whatever that might look like so that's that's what I hope I like that. I, like I that. hope you got something even out of our conversation. Oh, I, I'm I'm listening because I just feel like that's one of the messages I've been getting, and it's not. I was reading the. Uh, as a matter of fact, I was rereading um, a book by one of the other authors that was a part of this, which is um, Tanya Johnson. I, I she mm-hmm. she did a book last year, and I bought it, and I was re rereading it because um, she had some parts in the back about forgiveness, and of course, the last thing I was reading was talking about forgiving yourself, forgiving people. And it was like, list the people. And so then you're coming to him all like, God, what you trying to tell me? There you go. But purposeful. It's, and it's, it's funny because I was also having a conversation last night um, about forgiveness, uh, forgiveness of yourself. So I just feel like that's just one of the messages that um, I've been receiving. And I think it's more so for me I think it's more so forgiveness of self because like, like I can be like my my toughest critic toughest toughest critic and I can be like uh you know so so hard on myself and I'm like don't nobody put no pressure on people me and I don't even know why so I think listening to you and hearing what you're saying I'm all like yeah because it's just you don't have you can't live in peace you can't live in joy you can't live mm-hmm. you can't be free if you're yeah. holding on to so even if it's with yourself, like you, if if you're holding on to thoughts, if you're holding on to just anything that's holding you down, you can't be free. You feel like you're um like you're um you're stuck, you're stagnant. You're stuck, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So. I, I think I said that in my chapter. And, yeah. and I want to just just speak that to you, like speak pour into you a little bit that whatever it is. That, that you are seeing within yourself or you're thinking about yourself, let it go. Right. Let it go. And 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 I, I'm big on I am statements. You yeah. know, and I think that's I'm supposed to write that book about that or something. <laughs> but I'm, I'm big on I am statements because um Mary J. Blige, one of my favorite singers, <laughs> just came out, you know, with a song called um Good Morning Gorgeous. Good morning, gorgeous. Yeah. And, and, and how and, and, and as I hear her speak at, at events and stuff like that, she talks about why she wrote that and how she used to get in the mirror, even though that's not how she was feeling, she would say that to herself. And I, I speak that in, in regards to, to you and whatever it is that's going on, you know, with you, speak to that thing. 
You know what I mean? You are you are all powerful. All the power that God has, you have as his child. Speak to that thing, you know, and, 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 and tell it, it got to go. It got to go. If, if, if the issue is that you didn't finish something, you know, I will finish it. You know, the, the things in your head say, oh, girl, you ain't going to be able to do that. That's never going to get done. Mm-mm. I will finish it. And, and speak in the things that I will do this. You know, not I'm going to try, but I will do this. This will be done. You know, I am whatever, whether I am worthy. And I also say, if, if you're not to the point in your life where you can speak, I am, speak about what you are not. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I am not a procrastinator. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. You know, I, I, I am not whatever, unworthy, because I am worthy. But if you can't yeah. say I am worthy, say I am not unworthy. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Because sometimes you you not got to the point where you can walk in strength and boldness and say, I am this thing. But you can say what you are not or what you will not be or what you will not allow. Yeah. And you speak yeah. that into your own life. Well, I thank you. I appreciate it because I'll just be sitting here like, whoo, every <laughs> I have to do lists and all this list and can't mm-hmm. get to it. I'm all like, okay, Alicia, I have I do have to tell myself like, okay, okay. You know, you ain't superwoman. You ain't this. So I definitely, I definitely hear you. That's why I'm all like, the the fact that I'm hearing all these, the same message is like, okay, I hear you. I hear you. One of your things is like all the things you have to do. You just said, you know, there's, I I will do what I can do in this time. And the rest I will do tomorrow. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Right down here with you, I was so overwhelmed and inundated with work stuff. I said, my goodness, today was a, was a beast. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I'm trying to stop this thing from going. Okay. Yeah. No, I um I like the fact that all the women of the of of the devotional, mm-hmm. the, that's kind of the vibe that I get from everyone is I am I am worthy, like I I'm worthy of you know love, freedom, forgiveness, like all the, the conversations and the interviews that I've been or that I've you know mm-hmm. listened to. Yeah. I love the energy and I love the, just the confidence and that the, I, I can't think of the word right now, the encouragement mm-hmm. of the women, because after I, I kid you not, after every conversation, it's like something I could have been thinking about or um, praying on, praying on, or just mm-hmm. something. And someone always speaks, <laughs> always speaks to it or always hit hits on it. And then as the conversation goes, I get a re- resolution or I get like a sense of, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like, oh. so I'm, I'm, I'm very, I've been very um, blessed in all you guys' conversations because I really feel as though God definitely gave you your message yeah. for a reason. And I think he speaks to people. He speaks to people, even if the situation is different or even if the like your experiences are different there's mm-hmm. still a connection because yeah. a lot of the experiences they are different but I was still connecting and understanding um mm-hmm. or relating to it and was able to be like oh okay I mm-hmm. see what you're saying or like I said we just get a, a sense of peace like I got I, I like that spoke to me so even now like I said what you speak and especially when you say your I, I am statements 
that's been something that I've been saying, you know, I want to be able to speak life. I don't want to, you know, say, put negativity out there. I don't want to um, say you things that, say, I don't want to say things that could be detrimental to, to, to anyone, myself, my kids, yeah. my husband or anything like that. So I always want to make sure that what I'm saying is something that is going to give life to people and not, not, uh, you know, kill their spirit. So when you're saying the I am statements, I'm thinking to myself, well, I probably should start being speaking life into myself first, <laughs> you know, like say I am statements to myself as well. You know, it's, it's okay. It's, it's cool to not to want to speak life into others, but you have to also speak life into yourself as well. So yeah, you were speaking. You, you have, to, you have <laughs> to be purposeful about speaking over yourself. yourself. Yeah. You have to speak over yourself. And you have to take care of yourself. You have yeah. to, to love yourself. You can't give, you can't pour from an empty cup. You can't pour from an empty cup. And, and a lot of times we are empty because we give it all to everybody else. I am, I believe my purpose in life is to be an encourager. That's who I am. That's who God made me. I've been a loving type of person all of my life. People say, mom, you, and, and say you so forgiven, but it was those things that I couldn't forgive. But I can I forgive a lot of stuff, but there were certain things in my life that people didn't know. I, I know I wasn't forgiving that. That was going with me to the grave. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Know. I definitely get that. Yeah. Uh, well, well, tell the people how they could purchase your book if they want to support you. Um, do you have a social media social media handle or website that people can connect with you on? Okay. Um, the website is still being developed. Okay. Um, however, on Instagram and on Facebook, I am Desha Henfield, which is D-E-S-H-A-H-E-N-F-I-E-L-D. You can find me on both locations under the same name. And I also, outside of this book, I have, I wrote a poetry book like two years ago. Okay. And I also write under a pseudonym. And so my pseudonym is Nora Sister, which is N-O-I-R-E. S-I-S-T-A. And I, I have a page on Facebook under Nora Sister. And you can find that book um, on Amazon as well. It's called Inner Sanctum Life, Love, and Poetry. Okay. Um, so, so I have both of those things. But yeah, on Instagram and on Facebook. And if you want to purchase the book from me, um, on my Facebook page, I have a job form that you can fill out. Or you can always... DM me, inbox me, and let me know that you would like to purchase the book from me on Instagram or Facebook. I'm very responsive to any DM that I get. And I actually got my books in the mail today. So, oh, so I, I think I saw book. other people posting theirs too, posted their books. So I got it in the mail today and oh. I was so excited. So yeah, so if you want a book, I have the book. <laughs> Well, thank, you, thank you. Well, I definitely enjoyed our conversation today. Um, yeah. Is there anything you want to like any last words you want to leave um, the audience with? Um, first, I just want to thank you for allowing me this time on your platform. I thank you oh, for being open and for making this an easy conversation. This was very flowed very easily. Oh, um, for all that are watching, I just want you to know that God loves you. I love you. Um, be encouraged and know that God is greater than your highs and your lows. And you can do all things through him and that he wants you to have joy, peace, and love in your life. And 
A lot of that can begin with forgiveness. And first and foremost, forgive yourself. Forgive yourself for anything that you've ever done in your life. Because if you're still here, there's a purpose for you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you for being a part of the podcast. Um, I definitely, I've been telling everybody this, you don't, don't be a stranger. If you ever feel like you want to come back on, just let me know. I definitely hold a spot for you to be a part of a future conversation or whatever you want to share on the podcast. Um, but if that's it, I will let you go for the rest of the night. All right. Thank you. Have thank a good you, night. Thank you. You too. All right. Okay, you guys, and last but not least, I introduce to you Renette Hutchins-Roberts. All right, so it's Alicia from the Book of Alicia, and I am continuing discovering, discovering the purpose in your pain. Interviews with um, the authors of the anthology slash devotional. And today I have another author with me who's gonna share a little bit about her chapter and about her experience in writing her chapter. Um, and discovering the purpose in her pain. So I'll go ahead and let her introduce herself to the audience and we'll go ahead and get started. So go ahead. I am Vernette Hutchins Roberts. I am a native of Maryland. I currently live in Decatur, Georgia. I've been here for nine years. I have extensive background in project management, business administration. I'm currently an information technology specialist within the public school system in Georgia. In 2004, I started um, BHR Designs and Travel. It's a home-based graphic design travel business. And my biggest highlight so far this year is becoming a first-time author of the devotional anthology. And my spiritual upbringing has been my biggest high point of my life because it's taught me to trust God and exercise huge faith and believing that everything is possible through Christ Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So what I just want you to do is just share a little bit about your chapter or your experience in doing the devotional or anything you want people to know about your chapter or you in the devotional. Sure, thank you for this opportunity. Well, the name of my chapter is Fragments of Me. And the focus of my chapter is talks about, and it's the first time I actually really shared anything about my, my life with anybody in total detail. Um, most people know that I was not raised by my mom, but as far as putting it in paper and really um, breaking it down to what the pain that I endured and what I went through as a child that brought me through childhood, um, this was the first time opportunity. And what I basically covered in the chapter was um, talking about how I ended up with my maternal, um, my mom's maternal aunt and uncle was I went with them, I guess, at the age of three months. And there's varying stories of how I actually ended up there. And that wasn't the focus of my story at all. But I was there from the age of three months. And I guess some, right after high school, I left there and went on. But the, the pain that I endured was really just, when I got of age, is even though I knew my mother and I knew my sisters, my, I, my mother raised my three younger sisters. I always wanted to know why she did not raise her first child. That was me. And even though I was always told I was loved by my, my aunt and uncle and you know they had other children, I was the fourth child of, so they had three other children when I came along. And 
it never dawned on me until I wrote the chapter that I was really the middle child. And the pain that I endured at that time, you never heard anybody talk about middle child syndrome. But as I was writing the chapter, it dawned on me that I really did endure the middle child syndrome. And that was being sandwiched between the older siblings, siblings. And then after I came along, the aunt and uncle, my aunt and uncle had two other kids. So then I was the older of the two younger kids. So being sandwiched between them and then the boy that was next to me, which was the aunt and uncle's youngest child at the time, he was six years old. I never really even thought about why he actually really, he kind of sort of tortured me. And that was part of the pain. I really didn't really put that in the chapter, but I'm saying it now because, you know, I didn't have a, you know, page, page limitation kind of caught me to the point where I wasn't able to say a lot of this, but the pain of that, and I've had this conversation with him, the pain of that actually put me to a point where it's like, I couldn't figure out why he actually picked on me so much. But the middle child syndrome, when I actually really went back and studied that and looked at why that was actually called that and being sandwiched between the older and the younger siblings, that exactly what, where I was. And that's the description of what the pain I felt. And, you know, that just put a whole different highlight on, on it after I, after I got finished reading the, you know, the chapter and going back and forth in my mind and saying, like, that would have been a whole nother book. A whole other chapter if I had focused on that, but I cut that part out on purpose because the really what I wanted to share the most and my story went to the fact that I wanted to honor my mother. A lot of people still walk away with the hurt and the pain of feeling like they were given away. I did not ever feel like my mother had given me away. I knew my mother the entire time. I knew her my whole life. I carried my mother's name. They, my aunt and uncle never adopted me. They made sure I knew who she was. I knew my siblings. They came over to um, live, uh, stay with me on weekends. I went to stay with them from time to time. And I always knew who they were. Um, I carried my name. Like I said, going to school, people always knew that I was not really there. You know, but my, you know, my cousins, which I always at this point call them my siblings now. But going through school, I called them my cousins. So people always knew there was a difference between me and them. As I got older, because they, my aunt and uncle raised me, I felt the need to start calling them my parents, even though I always called them mom and dad. So I wanted to honor my mom, my mother, in the, the story because of the pain that I went through. It actually became the reason why I understood myself as an identity. I realized why I had the pain. And then I understood the pain after I had that conversation and I got the courage to talk to her to understand why I ended up and why she did not raise me. So that took away the, the resentment, the bitterness. And, you know, I'm not really trying to give away a lot of the, the whole book, but it really gave me that courage to have that courageous talk. And so I wanted to inspire other people to really reach out and, and have those type of courageous talks because you never know that you're actually helping yourself, but you're also helping the other person. How was that experience for you in writing the chapter? And writing the chapter, I literally had to cut it back because I, I pretty much had enough for probably two chapters. Um, I had to scale it back. So that's why initially I, when I started off saying how I realized in the, 
in the beginning that I had more in there that I had to take away um, with the middle child syndrome. I touched a little bit upon that in the chapter, but I gave a little bit more detail here just to kind of go along with some of the additional pain that I endured. But it was kind of hard to kind of take um, some things away. However, my main focus was to show that I got uh, how I got beyond the pain but to also to share the fact that I wanted to honor my mother. I did not want to end the chapter without showing that my mother and I shared a great relationship for 20 years of her, of her life. She um, was, is deceased now, and I did not want people to walk away thinking that um, she passed without she and I with the two of us having some type of relationship and so that's why I, I narrowed it down and cut out some of the some of the painful hurtful moments but I did um I did want to make sure that I did put that part part of that in there um and being sandwiched between those siblings which I did not put in the chapter um due to page limitations yeah yeah what would you say to um I guess to people who are experiencing that because I know there's like a lot of families who may have had um, had a, a child raised by, you know, the, the grandmother or, or the aunt or whoever, close friend or whatever, what would you say was, was to someone who was experiencing that and maybe have, finding difficulties in that? Honestly, I would say at some point, at some point, I don't know when it is, but please, you need to let them know if they don't know who their mother is or if that you're not their mom. At some point, I know you feel like it, it might be a bad idea to let them know. I think you have to find the time to let them know. That was one thing, like I said, I never had to question that. And I think that was part, that was one thing that was very, very helpful for me. I always had that part of the identity that was always there. I never had to feel like they never told me or they should have told me. Mm -hmm. I think that you have to make sure that you let people know that so they can identify with that and they have no regrets, regrets there. The one, the one thing is that, and if they ask questions, make sure you try to make sure that you do give them honest answers. And if you're not sure when or how to answer questions, you know, maybe circle back or try to find somebody that can help you to, to address those answers. But Maybe, you know, figure out a time when to give them the, the most um, respectful answer and the truth with, when you feel like it's right. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think that, I think, I think that some people think that they're saving or they're, um, not necessarily saving, but they're, they're protecting their feelings. Yeah. Protecting, you know, the child by not being forthcoming about, you know, who their parents are, you know, why this happened or why that happened. And a lot of times people are just wanting to know the story or wanting to know, you know, the reasons behind why their life is the way that it is. Not necessarily um, just for identity purposes. Like you say, to know, to know who they yeah. are, to know what the experience, yeah, what's to experience and things like that. Like yeah, that. and that's actually sort of, I'm sorry, sort of the why I came up with the, kind of kept thinking about what, what I'm gonna name my chapter. So I named it Fragments of Me, right? So what I came up with with that was fragments. So fragments description, broken or separated off of, detached, mm -hmm. incomplete, disconnected yeah. to the connection that I made with my mother, forming yeah. a relationship and association with being linked together. My mother was a stranger to me, even though I knew her. When I was, when I saw her at family functions at church, you know, we had a, a family event, you know, at church growing up, I always saw her, but I, you know, hi, hey, you know, it was, it was not a mother daughter relationship. It was like, she was almost like a, a, a aunt or a cousin. 
I never knew what to call her for years. Even after I reached out to her, I, I didn't know what to call her for many years. I knew it would never be mom or mother. I finally got the strength to really call her by her name. And it was comfortable, but it took a long time to even call her by her name. I just did not know what I didn't, I couldn't, I didn't feel comfortable calling her anything because I had never called her a name for years. And, and once I started calling her by name, I'm like, that made the connect. That was the linking together. That was the relationship. The relationship was there. I could no longer call her, her. In my, in my chapter, I called her, her for so long. And it was in there because that was, she was her. My mother, my mother, her. And I attributed a lot of that to, um, to my first husband. He's passed away now, but he and I shared um, the, you know, the absence of a parent. Uh, he had lost his uh, father in, um, when he was a very young age and we shared our stories and he basically encouraged, encouraged me and pushed me onward to have this conversation with my mother because I was still afraid of reaching out to her because I really didn't know if I wanted to hear why she didn't raise me but then I was so glad to know and it was it was not a, a bad situation she had me young you know and then I think after having other you know children it just became you know a situation where you know it's just a choice you had you know you make you know and whether or not it was a good choice or bad choice I don't I don't know that we never really had that conversation in general but I do know she did thank my aunt publicly for raising me and I was there when she did that. Not a lot of family members were there that day. And I publicly was so proud. She had me stand and she had my aunt to stand. And she thanked her for raising me. And that day something came over me that, that service, it was in church service. And I wanted to stand to do that very same thing that she had done. And she said, I wanna do something very special today. She did the same thing that was on my heart to do because I was going to have them both to stand and honor them both as my mother. And she did that in place of me having to do it. And I was like, man, that I was like, you know what? We are very so much alike, so much alike. Yeah. So what was that experience like? Was it, was it, um, mind blowing? Yeah. It was mind blowing. So I am saying this now that I honored my mother in that chapter because growing up, I heard a lot of negative things about my mother and I had to know my mother for myself. Yeah. I had to get to know my mother for myself yeah. and I was determined to find out who she was. And in that chapter with the page limitations that I had, I did that. Just still, I, I go back and read the chapter. Every time I look at the chapter, I still say, Lord, you did that. Because when I started writing that chapter, I was like, I got to make sure that I stay focused on where I need to be with this chapter. I need to make sure, I need to make sure that I stay focused and I don't lean left or right because that'll go a whole different direction. And I, and I just kept saying, God, you, you did that. Well, how, if people want to, for those people that want to 
read more about your chapter, read about what it is that you wrote, how can they connect with you to get a copy of the book from you? Do you have a social media handle? Do you have a website? I do. I can be reached on Facebook under Vernette and the middle initial D as in David, my last name Hutchins Roberts, and there's no hyphen Hutchins Roberts. I also have a website. It's www.vhr dash the minus sign designs d-e-s-i-g-n-s dot com and i'm also on instagram as miss vhr thank you thank you i'm sorry miss vhr 213 okay thank you thank you thank you so before i let you go for the day what is the last takeaway or last thoughts that you want to leave the audience with today i would like to share scripture Luke 1.45 in the Passion Bible translation says, great favor rests upon you for you have believed every word spoken to you from the Lord. And that understand that your pain is part of God's purpose for your life. It's not punishment, it's development. Truth be told behind every smile is pain. Pray and ask God daily to order your steps and understand that God will also order your stops. God can, and he will flip the script. He can change the narrative of any story. You just have to drop the pen. One day you will tell your story about how you overcame your past and how it will become someone else's survival guide. Go tell your story and give God the glory. I like that. I like that. Thank you so much. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me today. I know it was kind of crazy because we missed the emails and was trying to um, speak a little bit earlier, but I'm so thankful that you're able, we were able to connect and able to talk today on the podcast. Um, if there's nothing else you want to share with us, I can go ahead and let you go for tonight. I appreciate this opportunity. Thank you so much for your flexibility. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, awesome. you. thank you. Have a good night. You too. All righty. Bye-bye. So that concludes the episode in Discovering the Purpose in My Pain Conversations with Women of Purpose series. Please, please, please make sure you connect with the ladies who have joined us today via their social media handles and websites they have provided to you. Don't forget to follow me at The Book of Alicia as well as like my Facebook page, The Book of Alicia. You can also check out my blog at www.aliciashavon.com. That's www.aleshashevon.com where you're able to get a glimpse of my life and thoughts as well as purchase books that I have available and other merchandise. Until next time, y'all, I'm out. Be blessed.